0: Hey, good morning. Good morning. Friday. I have a hoodie on. It's September. Why? Because it's cold out. It's
1: not cold. It's like 10 degrees last it's night. It's warmer outside right now than it's been in our house all summer.
0: I had my air conditioner off. <laughs> no, it's 13 degrees out right now or ten degrees. Brr. The end is near. The end is Stop. End. You know what I was thinking of? There are words and I think it's because of my brain. I have a beautiful brain. Of a, a touch of dyslexia. You have a beautiful brain. ADD. Mm-hmm. Um. And and sometimes words are very hard for me. Mm-hmm. Do you have a word that is hard for you? Do you have a word that you like, like it just like falls out of your face improperly every time?
1: So pronunciation is <laughs> pronunciation. A, a practice you can practice. Remind. Some people are That's better true. at it than others naturally, and other people. I feel like it's kinda like um playing basketball.
0: You gotta practice it. Some people and are some people just naturally like as pretty good, good at as, it. As good as Other, other people.
1: people really shouldn't
0: bother. Yeah. No, I get it, but everybody has to speak. Not everybody has to play basketball.
1: Right, but naturally. Naturally. Some people speak a little more clearly and a little more. I had to take speech therapy and spelling classes
0: I when I was just a miniature boy. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, one of the words that I struggle with, and I I had to say it all the time, and I used to dread the moment when, let's say in a 12-step meeting, you go around the room and you read the 12 steps. My, one of my worst words is anonymity. Oh, oh I yeah, did that's it. That's a
1: tough one. You it, did it. it,
0: and it a- anonymity. Nope. And, and, no. No, I know. It's so hard and I would, like, I would dread it. Oh. And then I would count how many people and then if I had to say that. Okay. I know, it's horrible. Do you have any uh, railroad so, ties, a hard one? But I don't have to say railroad tie very know. often. But anonymity is a very hard word to say.
1: Yeah. I, I would say that uh, I'm thankful that I would fall on the natural basketball player side. I mean... <laughs> you know... Not the natural basketball player. My French. Naturally, I can pronounce words.
0: My French friends have one word that makes me laugh because they all say it, and you don't really know what it is. Development. Oh. Devilment. <laughs> Devilment.
1: Like, what? What Devilman. are you talking about? What? We got the devil. <laughs>
0: what are we talking? <laughs> Development. And Development. I, I mean. And then our new food friends have a whole lot, a whole slurry of yes. uh, beautiful words.
1: Yeah, I really think that I really think that we under, underestimate underestimate or don't recognize in society how much of like an extra challenge that is because I, I think you know there's pronunciation, how our tongue moves in our mouth and all that sort of thing, but then reading is like a whole extra challenge. Uh, dyslexia.
0: When we were going to school, the the social structure of education was very in a box. I think they've come a little bit
1: mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I think that I've seen you practice. Us. I've seen you practice, and I've seen you like read and grow. So considerably. I remember my reading,
0: Remember my reading thing. Yeah, and how I how I slept after one consecutive day. Yeah. I don't have another one consecutive
1: day. Yeah, I picked it up since. No, but um, the book is beside bed. The book my is bed. beside your bed. Yeah. Maybe that's not the best place for my book. Maybe not. Maybe by the time you're ready to go to bed, you are just ready to go to bed.
0: I know that if I touched and, my book as much as I touched my phone. Ooh. See, if I was somebody else and I would say that to me, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be a scholar. I'd be well-read. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: One of my favorite things around language is that when you speak publicly uh, to our community whether it be at church or in the workshops or wherever our community is very gracious and doesn't not everybody feels that they need to correct you. Cause I think if you can figure out what is being said, it's really unnecessary to correct, mm-hmm. especially someone who has told like, cause you're pretty good at just saying like at the beginning, Hey guys, i have dyslexia. I'm going to write stuff on the board. If you Those cannot figure out guys. what the word is, then feel free, feel free to, to ask, but let's just let it slide and not get hung up on, but my my funniest thing is, like, sometimes you'll actually say the very opposite of what you mean. Like, especially when you're teaching at church. And, like, there's a few times where you'll say something and I'm like, no, no, no. He actually meant, like, the very opposite. But everybody could pretty much get that, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't actually mean that we know. should go do that. You meant we should not go do that. Mm,
0: yeah, dyslexia. Sometimes. <laughs>
1: dyslexia. Is-
0: sometimes I use my blinker. And I'm going around the corner and I do the wrong way. Really? I don't know if other dyslexics do that. that. I don't do it often, but I do it often enough to know that that's like misleading Mm -hmm. to everybody. (laughs) I'm like, why is my green going that way and I'm turning this way? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Good stuff. Good fun stuff in the brain. The hurdles of life. Hurdles of Life. Well, welcome to uh, everyone on this beautiful Friday. We are going to get into our morning devotional. We call it Morning Devo. It's a it's a meditation, a contemplative meditation where we take an idea of re- life and recovery, um, the, the recovery journey life, and we bring that throughout our day. So thank you for joining us. We read a couple different uh, morning meditation books. Um, and so today our title is called Word power. Hey, Ooh. word power. <laughs> I wonder Did if it... you do that on purpose? <laughs> no, no. You didn't? No, okay. I didn't. Uh, I wonder if this has something to do with dyslexia. All right, here we go. I know I'm controlling. Oh, I don't want to read that. <laughs> That's horrible Did you
1: pick this one?
0: No, it's September the you 3rd. Just grabbed it I the know paper. I'm controlling, but so is my husband. Possibly more controlling than I am. <laughs> Each time I set out to leave him, each time I start walking away, he knew exactly what to say to pull me back in. He knew I'd respond. He knew how to say exactly what I needed to hear to keep me where he wanted me. He knew what he was doing and he knew what I would do. I know because after we began recovering, he told me so. Wow, this describes... 10 years of our lives in addiction. (laughs) Some of us are so vulnerable to words. A well-timed I love you, a chosen moment for I'm sorry, an excuse delivered the right tone of voice, a pat on the head, (laughs) a dozen roses, a kiss, a greeting card, a few words that promise love that has yet to be delivered can spin us into denial. Sometimes it can keep us denying that we are being lied to, mistreated, or even abused. Mm. There are those who deliberately set out to sway us to control and manipulate through cheap talk. They know that they fully understand our vulnerability to a few well-timed words. Break through your narrative. They know, or na- narrative or naivety. <laughs> naivety? Naivety. Wow.
1: They know our naivety?
0: Yeah, break okay. through your naivety. They know what they're doing. They understand their impact on us. Exclamation mark. We do not have to give such power to words, even though the words may just be what we want and need to hear even though they sound so good, even though the words seem to stop the pain. Sooner or later, we will come to the realization that if behavior doesn't match a person's words, we are allowing ourselves to be controlled, manipulated, deceived. Sooner or later, we will come to realize that talk is cheap, (laughs) even free, unless the person's behavior matches it. We can come to demand congruency like that in the behavior and the words of those around us. We can learn to not be manipulated or swayed by cheap talk. We cannot control what others do, but we can choose our own behaviors and our own course of action. We do not have to let cheap, well-timed talk control us. Even if the words we hear are exactly what we want to hear to stop our pain. Mm. Thought for today. Today, I will let go of my vulnerability to words. God, help me trust myself to know the truth, even when I'm being deceived. Help me cherish those relationships where there is congruency. Help me believe I deserve congruency and truth in the behavior and the words of those I care about. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's heavy duty. That's heavy duty because the thing I pick up with is that I am trying to, in my addiction, mm-hmm. and even outside of my addiction, I want me to affect the way you feel and take away your pain. And so basically, I'm trying to play God. And so I'm trying to control and manipulate you with my words. And so, To take
1: away my pain?
0: Yeah. So that you don't have consequences for my actions.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And so I want to litigate the damage
1: Mitigate. of yeah. me
0: and my addiction. So I try to control you with my words and my flowers and my. Right. And so, so
1: the word congruency, mm-hmm. the word congruency means that the actions Action and the words, the words are the same, that they line up. So when something is congruent, they are the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's really hard uh, because nobody's, we don't start at this place. Mm-hmm, That's not mm-hmm, where we mm-hmm. start in relationship. You know, when, when this, when this, is happening this cycle that's not where we started in our relationship it's mm-hmm. where we wound up mm-hmm. but I want to live with in where we started right I don't want to look at the reality of what's happening in the moment and those the reality of okay these words are not matching the actions I want to go back to like oh no no he's really great he's re-, mm-hmm. you know this is really great this this relationship.
0: Um, but it even works in, in, in buying a car. Like if you buy a lemon, you're, you're like sucked into it. You've made an investment that is horrible. That's draining your bank account. And it's like, you hold on to that because you don't want to be the sucker. You don't want to be like, I've invested all this time and money and energy and maybe just one more repair and you get sucked into this Mm -hmm. investment that you've done. But the one thing that I would come against is control. Like, am I actually making decisions that are intentionally trying to, I think, at some level manipulate you? Yes. But is this relationship in addiction, is this really, are we controlling everything? Or is there something greater at play? Because addiction actually eliminates our choice. So we're actually doing things, thinking that we're choosing, thinking that we're in control, Mm -hmm. but we have absolutely no control. But when we get into recovery, and that's what it says, when we begin recovery, things get put on the table. Mm -hmm.
1: I think it's really important, though, uh, for us, because we are live and public, that it's really important for us to say that, you know, when we get into these situations, or what if I am starting to ask myself, you know, am I in a situation that is harmful, right? And so sometimes, these behaviors, when we talk about manipulation and we talk about control, um, we're, we're starting to question like, is this a dangerous situation? Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's yeah, yeah. really important if I'm in a dangerous yeah, situation, sure. if I'm being harmed verbally or physically, if I, if my safety is at, is at mm-hmm. risk, my emotional safety, my physical safety, that's really important to take seriously mm-hmm. and actually to ask someone else, um, Is this, is this, you know, Mm -hmm, especially mm -hmm. a professional, a medical doctor is actually a great person to ask. My, my, my medical. Friends,
0: family. Yeah. And and you do have to, if those situations are harmful, then you have to remove your situation. But even in an addictive situation, I think separation is a great thing. And, and the point is, is to connect yourself to the power of God. Because you both need to be in recovery. Yeah. And so, am I emotionally sober? Am I physically sober and that's just the beginning right because the the reality is in the addictive relationship we are god to each other we're we're controlled by the outside circumstances our emotions all of that stuff and recovery connects us to the power of god Mm -hmm. and so then we get to Mm -hmm. live this new beautiful life that recovery gives us and and walk in truth of Mm -hmm. words and actions And that's a beautiful place to be.
1: And I can remember the moment where, uh, you stopped making promises and you stopped promising things. I remember when I became aware that actually, uh, my words, the incongruency, you know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. Oh, actually he's saying this, but it's actually not true. And I started to believe like the actions. I started to Mm -hmm. believe the reality of the situation that we were living in and, Detach in love, which mm-hmm. meant that I wasn't participating in it anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, yeah, there's was lots of different things. But then when you started to pursue recovery, you didn't actually make a bunch of promises. I don't remember that so clearly. That you just did things and told me about it later.
0: Because I wanted to get better. Because you wanted
1: to get better. The
0: reality was I was in so much hurt and pain and the voices in my head were just screaming at the top yeah. of my like, And it's just not a peaceful state to be in.
1: And actually that was really hard for me. Because you wanted to get better and you went to get better and you didn't involve me. Like I was really out of the loop about it. Mm -hmm. In fact, there was several months where we didn't hardly at all communicate. And then when we started communicating, you would just like, tell me about things that you had been doing for quite a while. (laughs) And I was like, I want to, you were like, I want to go to rehab. This
0: sounds fun. I've been
1: trying to fix you for 13, you know, I've been actively trying to fix you for like especially the last Mm -hmm. five six years of our addiction Um, I had been you know so actively trying to fix you and now here you are getting better and I'm not at the center of it Mm -hmm. that was really hard for me
0: yeah so in an addictive relationship you are the sun and my addiction revolves around
1: you it was really challenging
0: (laughs) there's so much here in codependency and substance abuse relationships oh my goodness Um, But at the bottom of it, it's addiction that we don't control. Addiction takes control out of the picture. Um, You can come to understand that you're addicted to the adrenaline that my addiction gives you and all the situations. And then mine at the core of it is I have a physical difference when I put alcohol in my body and I don't know when I'm going to stop and I don't know why I keep starting when I do stop. And it's just this addictive cycle separated from God, feeding selfish self-centeredness, Fear driven by a slave driver of fear. And it's draining and tiring. But recovery gives you peace. State of neutrality. Love, joy. All of those things that we have (laughs) such high value for. God will give those to you, to his children. All right. We leave you with that. Is there congruency in my life? Um, Let's just walk that out today and uh, see where we are (laughs) incongruent. All right anonymity and railroad ties. I hope they don't tie up your tongue. We will see you uh, some other day. Um, Keep the peace, be of good behavior, and wash your little hands.